Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Sam's Business Growth Show. Looking forward to speaking to Ollie Whitfield today. Ollie is a product manager for Vanilla Soft, the industry's most successful sales engagement platform. Ollie, a very warm welcome, sir. How are you doing today? Just pleased to be here, man. That's uh, I've I've seen the killer killer guest that you've had on before, and uh, just <laughs> it's a little bit of a stretch right here. I, I won't pretend, but yeah, please please be part of the show. And thank you very much for having me on. No worries, man. Looking forward to it. We're covering a fresh topic today that I think is going to be of big value to everyone that that watches, that tunes in on the audio. Um, it's something a bit bit more bit interesting, a bit new, um, and we can talk about how how we can actually create webinars that don't suck which I think is a great topic with everything that's going on with the pandemic, with all, all the virtual selling, everything that's going on. A lot of companies are turning to webinars. And I think a lot of businesses are thinking they're the be all end all. They're going to generate them a ton of leads, a ton of revenue and all this good stuff. And uh, as, as you and I know, they're quite, not quite that easy. And there's, there's quite a bit more to it, but they do have their ups. And as you'll explain, they have their ups and downs, which we'll jump into. Before we get into this good stuff and how you can build a killer webinar, Oli, give us a quick snapshot on a background of yourself. Um, who you are, how you got into business, and um, who Ollie really is. All right. Uh, well, I'm a young dude who's from uh, Kent. In uh, it's about an hour south of London, if you don't know where that is. And I've been in agencies for pretty much my whole life. And here I am, three weeks into a new job where I don't work at an agency. I work at a sales engagement software, a Samsung called Vanilla Soft. And uh, what that means I get to do is I get to talk to sales, the customer success team, the support team. I get to talk to some customers. I get to work out what um, what the day is like, what it's, what's good about it, what's bad about it, what's in between, and uh, how I can make something or produce a webinar, hopefully, or maybe a brochure or something like that that will make their experience a little bit easier with us or, or better or uh, more profitable, whatever it may be that's useful to them. So uh, that, that's all I'm trying to do right now. Nice one, man. Great company. And uh, we had Daryl. Daryl's one of the first guests, the chief revenue officer over at Vanilla Soft. He's one of the first guests. He's, uh, he's, he's a great guy, excitable guy. And uh, yeah, looking forward to ch chatting, Ollie. So let's jump straight into it. Um, like we said, webinars are a bit of a hot topic right now. A lot of companies are, are thinking about investing and getting stuck into them. Why should a business, a marketing professional, sales professional consider doing a webinar? And do you, do you think they're really worth the time and the, the investment, Ollie? Yeah, well, to take the second point first, I, I'm not sure how much time and effort it really does cost. It's not even 1% of what a trade show could be if you are quite succinct in how you do the whole process, really. Um, so most of the ones that I have done or seen or been exposed to, they're probably about an hour in max length. It never really goes too much longer than that. So worst case, you, if Sam, you're the host, you're going to be there for 60 minutes doing the Zoom whatever you're using um you're probably there for 10 minutes beforehand just to make sure everybody's set you know backstage kind of thing and everything else is just once you've done it once you've kind of done it a thousand times you can rinse and repeat and optimize and tweak but you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time so it's not an enormous amount of time to do one let alone to do two because once you've done one you're 
kind of set to do the next. You can take the emails you wrote, change them, take the slide deck that you made, change it, take the social image that you made, update it. You know, it's kind of uh, simple to do once you've done it once. Okay. I mean, that, that was a nice comparison that you used straight away, that they're, they're a lot easier than trade shows. Um, and trade shows, typically, when I, I think of them, I might be way off the mark here, but I just imagine getting cold call for a trade show. You, you start chatting, it sounds interesting. Then you hear the fees, and they're talking like 10 grand plus for a stand. And yeah, they're, they're busy. They're, there's a lot of people looking around, but it's like, how many leads will I really get? Is it worth, worth the two days? Is it worth the investment? Whereas I suppose webinars, I may be wrong here, uh, like you say, quite fast to set up. Um, and I guess you can have some kind of expectation on, on a return that you can expect. Is that is that right? Or Yeah, and in a way, it's not that different to a trade show when you think about the, uh, you'll get told probably, here's how much it costs for you to be here. And if you want to uh, be a keynote speaker and all that kind of stuff, or what level mm. of sponsor you're going to be. And then uh, they'll have some kind of stats on what the foot traffic is going to be like. We normally expect x thousand hundred people whatever it is and normally around x percent of those are this certain role or this certain industry they never know for sure because it doesn't happen until the time which is exactly the case with the webinar as well but with a webinar you're not there with four other people who have got to stay in a hotel and you're not there having to go and have some lunch as well on the company card and the problem of a trade show as, as you kind of just said there once it's done it's it's sort of gone and you can call the leads that you get or the people you scan, whatever happens there. And it's kind of a pressure to say, we well, spent this money, got to make the most of it now because it's an expense. Yeah, it's a good point. is like quite easy to keep doing and it's never really dead if you do it the right way. It's never really gone. You can always yeah. reuse it and more people will hopefully come into it. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one for us because we've never really done trade shows at WebChoice. Being a digital company, a lot of our work is focused around inbound SEO, positioning brands online and, and getting getting our clients' leads inbound that way. So a trade show, I always think if, if you've only got three or four leads the whole week, weekend or however many days it is, I can just imagine you you or your sales manager or your sales director breathing down your neck because they, they say, look, you've only had five or six leads. You need to call these leads until you close one. Whereas a webinar, I guess it's a bit less stressed because you're getting the, the signups as email. And you can kind of nurture and and use that list, and over time, um, get get obviously leads, get demo requests or meetings booked, or whatever your objective is, rather than being forced to just just make the best out of the few leads you do get. Yeah, I found I've been to one or two trade shows. Obviously, not this year or even last year, but the ones um, the people that we scanned. It's not my company did anything wrong. It's not the event organizers did anything wrong. It's just part of the past, I think, so far. The leads mm. that we got, the people we scanned, the people we recorded conversations with, uh, when you wrote it down and when you looked at it afterwards, hardly any of it was applicable, to be honest. And because we, I'm not saying we have had any pressure at all to follow up like no one's business, because that's not true. It wasn't, you know, extremely boiler room level sales environment at all. But equally, mentally, I know. We spent money to be there. It's yeah. not free to have me come up there. It's not free to have me go out for dinner with everybody. So I got to make the most of this because it's it's a thing that happened. And I'm thinking these aren't people that I would choose if I could. But with a webinar in a way, the it puts the onus back on the person making the webinar, not the rep, not the sales rep, because the sales yeah. rep can say, "Look, man, 
21% of these people were industries I w- I've never even heard of, let alone would follow up with. So maybe we're targeting the wrong people. Maybe we had the wrong messaging or something like that, the wrong guest. You can fine tune that to make it more and more and more appropriate, which is kind of where webinars get. Um, yeah. I think that's where we've seen a lot more of them of recent. And I guess that's that's the killer point, really, Ollie, which we'll dive into a bit more detail a bit later in the conversation, but you can actually target who you want to attend, uh, who you actually want to sign up to this webinar, rather than just people that are walking around a show, be it a trade show, be it any other more traditional type of event. You can specifically hone in on the idle customer that you want to be there, so you're not wasting your time talking or starting conversations with all these people that are never going to be a customer because they don't fit the profile that you want to do business with. Um Makes sense. All right, let's jump into it. How, how, um, what's the process? What are the steps that we should take if we're considering doing a webinar? Um, and if we're starting from scratch, we're not sure of the tools or the software or any of the equipment that we need. Perhaps you could give us a quick run through, Ollie, of, of how we can make one happen. Do you want to go into the tech side first or the concept side of it first? I think we could take, yeah, if we could, if we could t- go from kind of creating a concept and then, then the kind of process and any of the tech and software, um, just, just some of the key points that people should consider. Okay. Most people that I've seen, unless it's in a massive company where they've got millions of pounds to buy crazy software, most people run their stuff out of Zoom. Sure. Everyone knows how to use Zoom. It makes sense. It's quite cheap as well. But by chance, you probably already have a Zoom license. And if you upgrade it, or if you just turn the setting on, you probably can run a webinar anyway. And the beauty about it is if you happen to get way more signups than your Zoom license can handle, it's very, very easy to upgrade it. You don't even have to call them. You just go into your Zoom profile and you can tick. I want for three weeks an allowance of X amount more than what my current says. I think at default, it says 100 people. Which okay. means 100 people live inside of your Zoom room. Doesn't mean if you get 100 signups, because you might get on average 30% people come. So that means 30 people. But by that ratio, you'd need 300 signups to get 100 people, and then you've maxed out your Zoom. But most people use that. Depending on how big a company you are, you may have a landing page building software or a, or HubSpot, something like that, lead pages, Unbounce. There's tons of them. Sure. This page, another one. Um, you may have something like that where you can build a sign-up page that's a bit prettier. Uh, I've never used the Zoom default one myself just because normally you want to capture a bit more information than what that one lets you get. It's just first name, last name, and email. So most people try to build their own landing page and showcase the guest a bit more, showcase why you should sign up, why you, um, what things you're going to benefit from or what things you're going to learn and take away from the webinar instead of just saying. Yeah, I guess... I guess it's kind of building a hook, right? So rather than just having the standard templated Zoom form, you've got this landing page that's going to engage people that land on it. It's going to show the actual benefits of joining. Like these are the guests. These are what you'll learn. These are the actionable tips. This is what you can get out of it. And then obviously prompt you to enter your data, enter your details, what you say to to get joined and get signed up, I guess. Yeah, and that's kind of the best bit about having a landing page is you could have a, a, a thing there on your form that would capture the company name or something like that, which the Zoom mm. default won't. It, cool. yeah, it serves its purpose. Right. But if you want to uh, have that sales rep say, wow, we got so many people from the target accounts we're looking at and the companies in the markets we're trying to target. Amazing. Can you do it again? You need the company information to do that. So that, that's kind of the beauty of having a, a hotspot or something like that. 
And then from the concept, it's it's one of those things you can't really just pick up and run with. You have to be able to find a theme or a thought or a topic that's relevant to what you do as a company, but also prevalent right now. So um, if you work in retail, the, the holiday seasons are quite important. You could say uh, you could tie into Halloween, you could tie into Christmas and stuff like that very easily. But in um in b2b it's kind of less appropriate sometimes where it's less um yeah i mean on that it's an interesting topic because like you say there's there's a lot of companies doing webinars and it almost feels like if you log on to linkedin it's just saturated with all these different webinars and to be blunt a lot of them are snooze fests um a lot of them are tuned into and it's just someone running through a powerpoint or it's people speaking about how to survive in the pandemic and it's like that yeah that was good about six months ago now it's overplayed it's overdone. We want to see something fresh. We want to see something unique, something we can actually learn from rather than the same thing that 100 plus companies have done. Yeah. No one said it was easy to find that golden topic. It's kind of one of those where you uh, you might think this is going to be a great one. We've got this one coming up and it's going to be amazing. We're going to get so many people that are interested and it bombs. And yeah. You have to tweak it and take it and learn it. Uh, there's a the best one I have ever done, it got about 3,400 signups. I did not expect it to get anything near that. Mm. The, um, the company running that, uh, it's, I was working with a client and they, on average, could get between something like 1,500, 2,000, something like that. Uh, so that was quite a long way above their average. And I think at that point, their record. I didn't nice, think man. the topic would be that great. The guests were really good and they did a fantastic job in promoting it, but... I had no idea that that topic would go so well. Yeah. And then again, other ones I thought would, for whatever reason, it's not really a science when you talk about these things, they bombed as well. So it's it's kind of um, not luck of the draw at all, but you kind of build the muscle of knowing what things work for your, uh, for your audience. Yeah, fair enough. What was that topic out of interest? It was cold calling, which from what I've seen now is just red hot. For uh, for anybody in sales, mm. yeah. even though people might tell you that it's uh, it's a dying art, but well, I know alone from that that example, it's it's not. Yeah, fair enough. I guess it's is it about? I mean, how did you think of that specific topic? Was it just a case of you're researching what what people in the industry were talking a lot about, and you thought you'd give that a go, or was it just a trial and error kind of thing, like you said? That was a major team effort to work that out, but it, what the team process was in essence was work out what does the company do and what things can they contribute to the people they're trying to talk to not what do they do what can they contribute in terms of the knowledge that they have and their special uh, talents and skills that they particularly have Uh, and that's Mm. very much in how they teach the most cutting edge prospecting tactics for that specific company and um, so to drill down into what you know, what topics can you do as a subset of prospecting tactics? You're, you're going into the medium. So it'd be email or it'd be video or it'd be LinkedIn or cold calls yeah. or direct mail or, you know, other things like that. So it was, we're going to cover all of the bases one by one and cold calling by one million miles was the hottest one. Okay. So in, in that case, so we if we relate it to, to other industries, is it about kind of not, like you say, not not directly focus on the product or the service that your company provides, but thinking about an actionable solution or actionable tips or 
ways that you can help your ideal customers. Um, so essentially, what, what perhaps what customers ask you the most about, or the the biggest type of inquiry you get, and then gearing something that's that's like you say actionable, that's that's currently a hot topic in the market, and then getting people on that can really share, almost giving away too much value as much as possible. That's going to make this this hour long webinar, however long it is, as useful as informative as possible, rather than just someone going for a slide deck where they can have like a live conversation and just give away as much as much good stuff, as much money tips and all, all that stuff as, as possible. Is that is that what the key to it is or, or is there a bit more to it than that? Yeah, you're totally right. And what the next level of it is, is picking the right guest or guests that can help yeah. you with that. And that's, uh, that is probably the single biggest differentiator between what is, it, from what I've seen, an average uh, registration number that you might get versus a phenomenal versus a bad. Okay. You know, nothing is bad. You know, the first one that Belenisoft did, I think somebody on the team said we got eight leads. It, it doesn't mean anything. Whereas on average, we might get hundreds or a couple thousand or whatever it may be. So everyone has differing numbers, but the guest is probably the biggest way to go from A to B with that. And especially like you said, if, uh, if your topic is how to sell in a pandemic, there's 20,000 webinars about that. If your guest is probably the best one, you've got a slightly better chance at least. Yeah, fair enough. So how do comp how should companies go about choosing the right guests? Um, so say they've, they've nailed down a topic um, of discussion, they've got, got their setup ready, they've got their software all ready to rock and roll, they, and now they're thinking, hmm, who should I get in? What, what are some of the things that they should consider before approaching people either inside or outside of their organization to, to be a part of it? I'm dealing with this again myself right now so it's um this is an ongoing puzzle that keeps moving so it's it's not as simple as it seems it's not go and get that great author who is in our industry because they'll bring loads of people they might but then they may not mm. it's never quite as simple as what it seems on a, on a basic level if you're going to go for a leader who's you know well known and respected who's uh active in speaking on podcasts and stuff like that in their world, that's always quite a safe bet, to be honest. If you want to go for a more um, tactical, very targeted approach, then you can be a little bit more specific. And uh, let's say, to make an example of that, in, in the sales world, there's a lot of sales leaders who talk on all the same podcasts and stuff like that. There's probably 150, 200. Any one of them would probably do a decent job. If you want to get a SDR manager, it's kind of a nuanced position. Not too many of the figurehead people have that role, but there's a lot of people who have that role. Finding a good one of them will, will pull in a nice little crowd. It won't pull in mass numbers, but you probably get more people who have the right roles if that's the one you want. So there's a balance of finding who's okay. that figurehead leader who can bring me the crowds yeah. and also balancing, okay, well, just because they have a book or if they have a million followers, does yeah. it mean that they'll post about it or will their audience That's a good point. Us know and then will they actually come and then will there be useful people? Yeah, you've raised two really good points there, actually, um, as in if, if their particular job role, if their specialism, if what they do in their day to day role is actually relevant to the topic you're covering and the industry you're covering and also, which is reflected back on this podcast, if they'll actually help you promote it as well, I guess. 
which we can chat about in a sec if they're if they're going to actively help you push it if they're well connected for example if you're if you're a b2b company and these guys are pushing it on linkedin if they're perhaps pushing it on other social channels if they're pushing it to their email list and all that good stuff then you know that's going to help whereas um yeah some some inf- some people that are perhaps very well known that have got a little time might not help you promote it as much because they're just literally too busy they haven't got the time to do so which we found on on this show um yeah some of the, the guests that actually have helped us promote the show on linkedin other other channels email etc that's that's helped us get the the best downloads the best views and, and so on yeah i think um i haven't experienced this myself at banana soft yet i haven't been able to run a webinar just at this point yet but i know for a fact one of the things we try our hardest to do is if you're coming on anything related to us at all on our property we're going to make it as easy as possible for you and that you're going to get the most possible from it and we'll try our best to make it easy for you to do that that helping hand as well so we'll have a sheet whatever is useful that just gives you all the stuff you don't have to look for it you don't have to ask it's going to come in one pdf or whatever it may be you'll have the image you download you have the link you download and then you can go and do your best with it We'll, we'll write you a sample post or a tweet or email whatever you need so that if you're really lazy and if you really can't be bothered <laughs> or, if, or if you have loads of other things to do you've yeah. at least got something that doesn't take mental bandwidth from you no that's that's it that's what i've learned from doing this show as well so after i, I have guests on i try and make it as easy as possible i send them a really clear email send them all the promotional material which i didn't do at the start and i've learned the hard way i've made it as easy as possible just like you say that you guys at vanilla soft are doing just so if people are busy they can easily share your content which is a great tip if, if you're doing any any kind of promotional media cool man um all right so we've we've uh, we've got a topic we've got our software we've got our guests how do we promote this thing apart from apart from the guests sharing it what other means and channels both digitally and offline can we use to to get this webinar out there to build as many signups as we can for our our share for our business so before it actually happens most people will do a, a webinar that's live and they'll okay. say it's um two o'clock in the afternoon on Monday, October 26th, for example. And if you show up on the day, fantastic. If you don't, you still got registered and we'll probably provide you with the replay in case you wanted to see it or in case you couldn't show up for whatever reason. That's quite a standard practice. And most people don't care too much about how many actually attend on the day. It's sort of, sort of a vanity metric in a way. Most people don't differentiate their follow-up from if you did or did not attend it's kind of one group instead of two so that's why i say it's not quite as important in my opinion at least hmm. so, so leading up to that most people are doing email blasts to the list uh, depending on how many emails you send to your list and how big your list is candidly you might do one maybe three uh, probably not too many more uh, emails for that depending on how long you're uh, from being ready to live days normally if you had about three weeks to promote that's pretty good then you could get okay. a couple of emails into the whole list meanwhile you're always doing something on social on your on your linkedin your facebook page your twitter it's going around as not as much as possible because it'll look terrible but you know as much <laughs> as it's appropriate to do with your blend of other stuff that you've got going on and hopefully the guest chips in too and uh, if you want to do ads then respect but uh, i'm not too versed in that and I've not seen it work that well but it could definitely work quite in other industries that I haven't yeah that was one thing I was going to ask appreciate you've got which makes perfect sense blast send it out to your email list 
and of course promote across across social channels ask your guests to do the same um which which makes perfect sense and obviously getting that balance you don't want to spam people with the same content like sign up every single day <laughs> posting videos text posts and all this this and that saying sign up because people just get sick of it um yeah have you, have you guys tried many ads in terms of promoting webinars any any paid ads or any any anything across that nature or did you say it's it's not really something that you've you've um you've, you've tapped into i'm not sure uh, Vanilla Salsa, I don't want to speak wrong about that, but just in my no, general sure. experience, I don't think, uh, I think uh, I've seen it tried a couple of times and it didn't work phenomenally well compared to other channels. So just for prioritization, because you're you're spending real money, mm. you know, it was better spent doing other things. Not to say that it didn't bring good quality of people or that it didn't contribute, because it did, but in, in comparison to what we were spending other ad money on it, we spent comparatively very little, so it wasn't going to generate tons anyway. I think the problem is going from cold traffic where they, they don't really know who you are. They might know who the guest is possibly, and hopefully the topic resonates. You're a lot more um, reliant on your copy being really, really on point. Whereas if you're, you're putting it on LinkedIn and you've got a million followers and a million people love you, you probably you're in safe hands there. You're going to be all right and they're going to sign up, but for cold traffic, much more discardable in a way yeah that makes sense okay um all right and it's an interesting point like you said it the, the it's not necessarily the be all end all of everyone attending live because if you're recording that webinar and you've still got it on your website or you've still got a landing page set up where people can download it after then you're still i, I guess it's, it's there on the internet people are still signing up people people are still getting downloads so you're still getting leads you're still getting emails for your list and leads that your team can follow up on right Absolutely, yeah, and that, that's one of the best things about having a landing page uh, provider or, or a HubSpot or something like that. Once you've got the uh, the, the event done, as it were, if, it, if it's live, with, say it's 3 o'clock on the 26th of October now instead of 2 o'clock when we're live, you can change the page so that it sends them, once they've filled out the form and they have passed over their information to you, that they're going to go straight to YouTube or, or Vimeo or wherever you choose to put the recording and you still captured them, but they still get to see it. It's not going to just sit inside of zoom somewhere and never go anywhere. Yeah. Meanwhile, hopefully you're doing something like adding those people to a, uh, an, an active list of people that registered for it throughout the period of time that you've been promoted up to date. And hopefully as well, you're able to see that list and when a new person comes to it and you're able to review that lead, and you're able to review if it needs to go to a salesperson or if it needs to be nurtured or whatever your your follow-up is. But primarily to just start making anything out of a webinar. It's, it's kind of a shame to put this time into something and let it sit there and die. Hopefully you don't, but if you can make some clips out of it, if uh, something that Sam just said there was phenomenal, you best bet that having that, that clip as a little teaser that you can put out on your email list or you can put out on your social profiles is... A really good thing to say thanks sam for coming on this was great i love this thing that you said here about abc if you want to catch the replay here is the link to sign up to it yeah no that makes sense repurposing the content into into different clips rather than just having your one static clip and leaving it at that just just getting your best bang for your buck because i know you guys do a lot of repurposing with content i was in a sales webinar with a bunch of sales leaders about I don't know, six months or so ago. And I know that you repurposed it into like a ebook, into a blog, 
into a load of promotional clips as well as the webinar itself. So there's so much that you can get out of it once once you've got it produced. So that's that's cool, man. Um, and as well as getting getting the end, um, getting the watchers, getting the sign up, building your building your lead list, building your email list. What other angle angles are there, Ollie, on ways to to make money, to make revenue, to generate leads from a podcast? In terms for of like sponsors and things like that. Yeah, sorry, for a webinar. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, the sponsorship thing is quite um, popular right now. It, it seems the done thing to become a media company, which makes a lot of sense. We've seen some big companies um, take that angle and, and do it well. So that's definitely one way. It, I know from experience it comes with some restrictions on what you can and can't do, but nothing too crazy. It's kind of how you make your bed determines how how you lie in it, um, which is which is a great thing about that. Most companies won't be doing that. They'll be just good doing it for their own lead gen, for their own sales team to try and generate some uh, some new ops. Really depends on the follow up, and I would say that the times I've seen follow up go better and the results become better is when it's not thrown at sales to say, "Okay, go on, go follow up with these people, please." Um, as maximum awareness as you can give a sales team or a salesperson, always the better. That's kind of a no-brainer as much as they know x number of leads might come to them on a certain date then yeah be prepared for that and they'll be able to think about what they'd like to say instead of knowing that i meant to call these people in a certain time period and holy crap i've got to go and do it right now and then they can also be prepared with some other content that maybe you've been able to help them create or pull out maybe they're able to send a quick voicemail and an email to the people that meet their icp that signed up for it and they can say uh, I don't know if you uh, found this bit interesting or I, I don't know if you were able to attend at all, but this bit that Sam said was amazing and I'm going to apply that myself. What do you think? And that that's the conversation start. Much as yeah, you can help sort of lay that foundation to help rather than just say, hey man, how about it? Have a good time. Let me know how it goes. That's kind of what I've seen work best. That's a really good tip. So you're talking about actually starting conversations with people that signed up to the webinar so acknowledging they might not have watched all of it they might not even watch the whole thing at all so just just starting the conversation like i enjoyed this part or i can see that your let's say the 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 podcast was on um how to how to manage your marketing effectively i can see that you're a marketing director over x what were your thoughts when we talked about this subject or what your thoughts on handling this topic so you're you're not just saying did you watch it You're, you're specifically picking out a point starting a conversation rather than just doing the generic kind of follow up sequence yeah, you may have three or four clips that were particularly great from it, and you may, you may have a, a point about the structure of a team for, for whatever the topic was, and then you may send that bit to the ops people that signed up versus the the thing about demand generation or whatever it was. You would send that to the marketers' titles that signed up and stuff like that. There would yeah. be ways to segment it just to make sure it's not... There's a sort of a, one way of doing it is this bit was an absolute fire mic drop gold nugget type thing, which can work for everybody. But if um, just in that email, the 1% of me says, if you can tie it back to their daily life, even one more time than you already have from that webinar and that amazing bit that you've told them is cool. Tying it back to them one more time is just that little bit extra good. Yeah. That's a nice idea. Cause I was going to ask you actually, should we, 
once we've got our list, once we've got all these people that have signed up, that have tuned into the webinar, they might not have, they might have just gone to our list. Um, do we, well, you've, you've already talked about a personalized approach just then, um, distributing it to the relevant salespeople, or do we put them through a sequence, just put them through a standard bunch of automated emails, or should we actually manually go through each lead and try and personalize it, try and send them some more content we think that's going to be useful and try and start meaningful conversations with them? Um, I guess it's a numbers game. It depends on how many you get, how much time you've got, how big your your uh, company is. Yeah, and really, uh, just as you said, it's about the resources that you have and what you're trying to get. Because if you're quite a transactional company and you sell a, a lower value product and you're trying to achieve volume, then maybe you don't want to spend too long and try to do complicated lead scoring and stuff like that to segment down the perfect X number of people from it. But if yep. you're bigger or you sell something a lot more complicated that takes longer and it's very specific to a person or a team inside of a company, then, yeah, of course, any Excel manipulation you could do or any HubSpot maneuvering, that kind of stuff will help you out a lot. And then, yeah, you might pick the 20 out of the however many that were the perfect job roles and hand them directly the sales and the rest. Maybe they just go into your nurture if you don't want to do that, maybe they just go into your list and hopefully they become fans and advocates, that kind of thing. Awesome, man. Well, hopefully everyone tuning in has got some uh, got a great idea now. We've pretty much walked through the whole process, so I appreciate you spending some time with us, Ollie, and telling us how to do it. Before we wrap things up, are there any big no-nos or any big yeses that perhaps people should think about before they jump in and start getting stuck into doing their own webinars? Um, I would say the first thing to do before you put any time into it at all is talk to the person who's going to have to follow up with however many or whoever lead you may get. The better the understanding with them is, again, this is kind of a, it's never a bad thing to talk to a salesperson and understand their life a little bit better. But especially with this, if you're going to give them any volume or ask for any kind of um, time heavy follow-up for a, a you know very personalized follow-up, the more context you can get from them, the better. So if you believe, like me, you believe cold calling wasn't going to work that well for that webinar topic. And when you talk to them, they said, you know, on every single phone call I have, they ask me about cold calling and what's the best script, what's the best call to action. And, you know, just having a bit of information on that would be super helpful for me. Then you've just validated that you should probably try that topic. You might be surprised, maybe um, you're right and they're wrong. But the only way to do it is find out and have that conversation with them to, you know, see where both parties lie and see what common ground you can find, see what titles you can find out about. Yeah, nice tip. Talk to your talk to your team, talk to your sales team, talk to your colleagues about what they're actually what their customers are talking about, what their problems are, what what they're asking asking questions about, and then utilize that as content. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Awesome, man. Well, really enjoyed this, Ollie. Um, is there one channel that you recommend? in terms of from a digital perspective that people should get on or people should make should utilize that's going to help their business from today uh linkedin's the obvious answer so i'm just going to say twitter because <laughs> if i get a notification there i'm a little bit surprised and i'm like oh okay what's going on yeah i like linkedin that's that's the big you know place i spend more of my time than any of the other places like that yeah that, that's a good shout actually i don't think i've logged into twitter for about three years Probably should at some stage. Depends on who you follow, really. Mine's just full of football garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that, then it would be more useful. 
Cool, man. Well, everyone, you've been tuning into Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your sales and skyrocket your business. Or if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, having a positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? Wow, you threw that at me right at the end. Ouch. Um, <laughs> um, Sam, that's a really hard question, man. Jeez. Put you on the spot. Yeah, you have. Um, uh, I'll, go, I'll go with parents. This is super cliche, but um, both of them have been able to just listen to me vent or whatever it is and tell me, shut up and just calm down for a minute. Or That's, that's really good. Well done, you know. Uh, they've been able to be quite a grounding and uh, a good sounding board and a good, um, you know, they've, they've kept things in check. So uh, that's a really lame answer. And uh, the first the first one I thought was Stephen Gerald. I, I've never met him, so I don't know why I thought that. But Do you support Liverpool? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, good lad. Didn't know a that. i fan, but I'm nowhere near Liverpool at all, but it's a family thing. Good, good man, good man. Good to have a fellow Liverpool supporter on the, on the show. I think it was the only Scott Lease that was uh, the last Liverpool supporter, so nice to have another one. Yeah, cool, man. Good red. <laughs> Ollie, tell us a bit more about how people can learn from you, how people can connect with you, anything you'd like to promote and the best way for people to get in touch with your good self. I'm, uh, I'm always on LinkedIn, so that's uh, never a bad way to uh, get introduced. And there's not many people with my name, luckily for me. So uh, if you type in Ollie Whitfield, you'll probably find me somewhere near the top. And I have a funky, weird, um, vain Instagram picture that's my profile picture that you might find. Um, apart from that, I'm always done to have a conversation. I'm always trying to work out what um, what people are up to and more importantly, why. That, that kind of gets my brain going. So anytime you've got a podcast going on or a webinar or something like that, and if you're thinking about who's the uh, who's perfect guest or what's the perfect title and who you're trying to get attracted to it those dm conversations are really exciting to me so um say hello if you're interested ollie thanks so much for coming on man really appreciate it appreciate you having me on sam this has been a real pleasure thanks very much dude cheers dude and if you enjoyed the show be sure to search sam's business growth show hit subscribe on your podcast channel of choice be it spotify youtube stitcher or wherever the heck you get your podcast we interview business leaders each and every week to get the actionable tips on increasing your sales growing your business and making best use of digital marketing otherwise thanks very much for tuning in are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers you could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of google Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.